Good morning, and welcome to the first episode of CMLA Chats, the pre-med guide to UCLA. Today's episode, we're going to talk about some tips for incoming high school students to UCLA. But first, let us introduce ourselves. I'm your host, Justin. I'm a second-year psychobio major. I'm Chris. I'm a first-year psychobio major. And my name is Andrew, and I am now a FISI major. I was a neuro major, but as of two days ago, I'm a FISI major. Nice. Was it easy to change majors? You know, honestly, it was really easy. So I have friends at other schools, and they said it was super hard to like change their major and stuff. But I think because neuro and FISI are so similar, um, it was just pretty easy. All I had to do was set up a meeting with my counselor. And like we had like a 10 minute Zoom call. She asked me like why I want to go into FISI. Then once I gave my answer, she was like, all right, like give me your UID. And like she typed it in and she was like, you're in. So it was pretty simple. Oh, and by the way, for those who don't know what FISI stands for, it basically stands for Integrative Biology and Physiological Science. So yeah, I remember I say FISI, that's, that's what it means. But yeah, it was super easy. That's nice right. to hear. So let's start talking about orientation. It's been like most people's first step into UCLA. I, I did it online. So if you guys want to talk about what it was like in person, because hopefully that's what we'll be doing. No, yeah, for sure. Uh, Justin, what was orientation like for you? Yeah, so orientation for me, well, let's see. So I had it in person and it was pretty nice. I think we were kind of like grouped up in terms of like majors. So I came in a biology major, but then I was also able to switch pretty easily during orientation. So I switched to psychobio and then that was pretty painless like um, transition, honestly. I think I just had to tell my orientation leader or something and then he pretty much got all that settled. And then, so we would like pretty much just kind of get a few days to kind of experience UCLA, like get a bit of the presentations, a little bit of campus touring. And then as for class signups, I remember, I think, I don't know if it was different in years past, but basically our leader would just kind of have like a hat with a bunch of numbers in it and then you'd be kind of selected to enroll in classes kind of based on the luck of the draw so that was <laughs> that's kind how of they did it yeah uh, randomly uh-huh. i was pretty lucky so i was happy but then some of my friends got kind of uh, they were they were mad sure. was it like that for you andrew my orientation was really similar so yeah we got grouped up like by our majors but it's really weird because so i came in the psychobio and like justin i also switched majors uh during orientation i switched to neuro and it was super easy like justin said and like i said earlier with five side but yeah we got grouped up and then my nsa who's kind of like your counselor for orientation basically was like a sociology major which is kind of weird but you know it's cool it's a different perspective but um yeah it was orientation was fun just like meet new people because like everyone's just trying to make new friends and like you're in the groups of like about eight 
and um yeah like you do activities together there's like a scavenger hunt but i know like my group we just like went to k-town and i like, got food instead which is pretty sick um and then yeah and so for choosing classes at my orientation uh like my friend and i we made like 13 different class plans and we can get into making class planners later we, we made like 13 different class plans like potential class plans and because we made the most out of our group our nsa let us go first and second and then she made everyone else draw out of a hat to choose like their like place in choosing classes because it's kind of like unfortunate that everyone can't enroll at the same time but like if we did that like the system would crash so they make it make you do it by pairs so um i guess like my advice to incoming freshmen is to even if your NSA doesn't tell you, make the most plans because maybe you'll get like first and second pick. But yeah, that's, the orientation's that's crazy. Fun. That's so. Know, it, it's insane. <laughs> Enrolling for <laughs> classes is so important too. <laughs> I know, I know, it's it's crazy. Wait, how was online orientation for you? Online was, bro. Honestly, it was so boring. It spanned over like three days. Zoom calls like from it's supposed to be from like morning to like late in the afternoon, but like honestly everything besides the stuff related to actually enrolling for classes was kind of useless i learned the eight clap but bro over over a zoom call the heck is that <laughs> no, that, that sounds kind of cringe <laughs> i'm like clapping alone in my room i heard y'all had to go through like a or did you brew and ties like yourself what's brew and ties Justin, do you remember Bruintizing? Um, I think vaguely. Alright, so basically, for the incoming freshmen, Bruintization is when you go to this place called the Inverted Fountain. It's on campus. And it's like by some of the science classes. And there's like a, it's a giant fountain, and it looks yeah. pretty cool. And like your orientation group, you guys all dip your hands like in this fountain and you guys recite this creed i forget what the creed is it's like a ucla some sort of creed <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember so, this. yeah yeah so basically after that like you're you've been bruintized oh that's and you're not and you're not allowed to touch the water until like you graduate no unless oh. like or i think if you touch the water before you graduate like there's like a myth that you have like extra quarters added to your like time at UCLA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so, well, I heard that the online, ori some online orientation groups, they had to like dip their hands like in a cup of water oh, and like recite the creed. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. that's so cringe. Yeah. Oh. No, it's so cringe. So I was wondering like if you had to do that, but I guess you got saved. So it's like a tradition then. Yeah. Dang, that's crazy. No, yeah, oh. it's a tradition. I also switched from psych to psychobio. I just texted mm. my NSA and she just let me do it. So, yeah, that's pretty nice. And then enrolling for classes was annoying. I didn't think classes would go, go out that quickly. Yeah. And then and then I also enrolled for Chem 20 instead of Chem 14. Mm. So that was. Don't do and that. Do you want to do you want to break it down for the audience about Chem, like the 20 series and the 14 series and stuff? I just remember I was like after my chem 20 mid 20 a midterm I did all these calculations 
you know, formula sheets on formula sheets. And then my friend told me, who's in Chem 14, that she just had to do like Lewis structures and stuff. And I was screaming, yeah. bro. My, my GPA is <laughs> tanked because of this one class. Oh, yeah. Did you guys have to take it or do you guys know what happens in the Chem 20 versus 14? I just took Chem 14A, so I'm like, or the 14 series in general, so I'm just like blissfully unaware of the challenges of other Chem classes that uh, you guys yeah. had to take. Yeah, I mean, I just finished the 14 series mm -hmm. and I had some friends in the 20 and 30 series. And yeah, I mean, I've heard it's not the most fun. Um, like Chris said, it's definitely, I. I've heard it's much more challenging than the 14 series because um, like at, for those who don't know, UCLA has like a life sciences like department and that's for like primarily like pre-med, pre-health um, students. And then like the 20 series and 30 series, like if you're pre-med, pre-health, you can of course take that series if you want. But I think it's more geared towards like engineering, like chem, biochem um chemical engineering majors and so it's a bit more difficult so um if you're looking for a gpa boost i recommend sticking to the 14 series <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's also like the 14 series also just goes well with the other stuff that you learn as like a life science major so it's like exactly yeah, i chose 20 because oh, it fit better with my schedule but like I, I really recommend to listen to Bruin Walk. Don't take the 20 series if you don't have to. Don't get Professor Felker for the oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah, do you guys want to talk about Bruin Walk? Uh yeah, I guess I could cover that real quick. But um Bruin Walk is basically UCLA's own version of Rate, my professor. And it's pretty much a lifesaver so I use it basically every time I'm like trying to plan out my schedule it's really great not just for kind of looking at like just classes but like specifically the professors you're really able to get a better sense of kind of like sometimes it has grade distributions which is kind of handy but the reviews are really helpful too because it's like people who have actually taken the class and have like a pretty good perspective of what each professor's like strengths and weaknesses are so it's really you of course would need to take it with a grain of salt of course because not all reviews are like completely objective but honestly for the most part they've been really it's just been really helpful and like a lot of the like positive ratings for the professors that i've had have been like pretty like i felt like they match up quite well yeah I, i'd agree with you i think i got into bruin walk after my fall quarter class like enrollment and i really wish i used it because i checked later and then professor felker is like a one point something compared to some other professors here like good is like above four and then below two should be like don't take that class ever yeah, Dude, one point something's insane. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I took another class with this professor. She, she was also like a one point something. And then the reviews were like, oh, she sleeps in class. She oh, came without wow. shoes. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> that is that's something. Yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. 
thing. Yeah, for Bruin Walk, I feel like the majority of reviews are fair. Um, some mm-hmm. things I've noticed though is like, so Bruin Walk is nice because it gives you like previous grade distributions of the class and they're accurate grade distributions. They're not just like students reporting their own grade. Like it's actually based off the UCLA registrar. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Like you actually see the grade distribution. Um, and then I noticed some reviews are a little bit unfair slash biased when like they're grading the class is really bad. So mm-hmm. like you'll see like for some professors, they'll get like, like a 4.5, 4.5, 4.5, like off all these students reviews. And then you like, you'll see like a one and like it's because that person got like an F in the class and they didn't try as hard or something but um or like they had a difficult time but yeah so like like Justin said like take it with a grain of salt mm-hmm. but it's really helpful definitely yeah other classes you probably have to take for uh, as like a pre med pre-health student let's talk about like what AP credits you can like test out of because mm-hmm. I took a bunch of APs in high school you know thinking this would actually help me and then most of them are useless. <laughs> yeah. We're still in high school then. Don't don't be too stressed. I think the only ones that were useful for me was getting a four or five on psych. It tests you out of psych 10, which is like the most introductory psych class you probably have to take. And then honestly, besides that, everything is just unassigned credits, which means you get credits for taking the AP test, but it doesn't test you out of any classes. Mm-hmm. Honestly, for some of like the bio and chem, I don't think you want that because you'd be kind of lost if you like skip the class. Yeah, a lot of the series are kind of designed to be taken in tandem, so definitely like it's still worth taking. I think even if there was like the possibility of like being able to like skip out, like it's pretty good because those classes are helpful for like preparing you for like the MCAT in general it's like just you know good to have I agree the only other class I see is that uh calc take if you get like a five on a b or b c it tests you out of like 31a 31b but then once again if you're a life science major just take ls30 man (laughs) dude facts (laughs) no (laughs) LS30 Absolutely. was so yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. In like LS30A, like my fall quarter, I relearned what the derivative was. And I was just so happy. Uh, <laughs> I know. Well, so like for those who don't know, um, like we said before, there's the Chem 14 series and the Chem like 20 slash 30 series. For math, there's the LS30 series. And then there's other math classes besides the 30 series. And the 30 series, is synonymous to the 14, the Chem 14 series and that is life science based. And so like Chris said, um, like I think the farthest in calc we got to was the power rule, maybe. It's it's very nice though. Um, definitely recommend the 30 series. And also the professors in the department are really like good. Like they all have super high ratings on Bruin Walk. Um, yeah, definitely recommend the 30 series. Yeah, the third series is really nice. I think your classes really do depend on like your teachers too. Yeah, like for the 30 series, like my professor, I had Yuka, 
and he was like amazing honestly yeah i heard he's really good because like yeah the really good teachers generally are the ones that are like pretty like you can kind of tell that they really care about their students i think yuko was one of them because he was like really like he was he was a great teacher he like his lectures were pretty engaging and then he was just like all of his review sessions were like super like he taught like what you really needed to know to like do well on the test like specifically so i think he was probably one of my favorite professors so far just in terms of like kind of character and stuff like that so if you ever have the chance to take a look at him i would recommend it that's some that's some high praise mm -hmm. yeah and speaking of other classes you can Freshmen have like the opportunity to take these classes called clusters and also PFLuxes. Andrew, Justin, have you guys taken any of those? Well, personally, I have not because I guess during my year, none of the clusters really appealed to me that much. So I was just like kind of content with choosing my own GE classes. Um, but uh, yeah, so I guess that's kind of my perspective, but I've never really- Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off, go ahead. Oh, no worries. I was ending my thought anyways. Okay. Um, no, yeah, I did not take a cluster, but um, I have so many friends that did. And I know Chris, you took a cluster so you can um, attest to like whatever, like I say, but um, the clusters are a super good way of knocking out GEs and GEs are basically these credits um, besides your major classes, your pre-major classes um, that you have to fulfill before you graduate UCLA. And so clusters are a great way to knock out like a bunch of GEs. So that way you don't have to worry about them later. And there's like a whole variety of clusters. It's like neuroscience based, um, politically based, um, like decade based, like I know there's a 60s class or cluster. Um, but yeah, so Chris, I'm sure you can talk about it right now. Yeah, the clusters are, it's really diverse and it's interesting because it spans over the whole year, which means, so we, but UCLA, like most other UCs, besides Garbage Berkeley, is like in the quarter system, which means we have like three different quarters, fall. Uh, winter spring which is what most people take all their classes in so you would normally if you just took a GE per quarter you would get three credits but if you participate in a cluster which is you enroll in the same cluster fall winter and spring you get four GE credits if you're in honors you also get three quarters worth of honors credits and you get writing two credit and writing two is that's also another requirement you have to fulfill before you graduate it's like writing two uh, you have to take a diversity class so honestly it's a really great way to get rid of all like some of the requirements that you have to do but if you're like a life science major some of your life science classes will take care of like your GEs so try and stray away from taking a cluster that who's like one of the four GE credits takes away like the life science credit so if you could take like also take something you're really interested in because I've heard that I'm taking like a psych-based uh, cluster, which is, it like coincides with like a lot of the other stuff I'm learning in class and I actually like it. 
but some other kids who are taking it like just to get rid of credits are really struggling because it's like somewhat difficult so yeah just make sure of that yeah definitely um and also you mentioned the quarter system so what are y'all's thoughts on the quarter system at ucla Ooh, um i guess for me it was a pretty big uh transition because of course i was used to the semester system looking back on it now it it's not the worst really i it's tough for sure because it's like you have 10 weeks to finish a whole course and it's like that pace can really get to you especially since a lot of classes kind of have like different times for midterms so you could like have a quarter where you just have like midterms like every week from like week like earliest week three or something like that like it can really kind of take that toll but honestly it's like you kind of acclimate and it's um not the worst but it's not something i would ever like really sing to praise yourself but you get used to it i agree it's like it once you just start off with it it's really hard because midterms literally start week three and then they go up until for especially if you're in like a life science class life sciences they have they could go up to like week eight because they might have multiple midterms they're spread out might have midterm projects so from like week three to week eight you're like really just in the grind and then you have like maybe like another one two week break and then it's finals week so it really the pace is really tough and you need to make sure you manage your time well manage don't 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 cram in the last few days because it's really tough but Andrew do you have any words on it yeah um that's all true and I think I think it really depends on what type of student you are so I in high school is a type of student just like kind of put things off and just like and then once like the deadline's coming up I then I cram everything like and finish it and if you're that student right now for our high school listeners um like that's fine like you can get by it in high school but in like here at UCLA it's really hard to do just because we go so fast and like in the quarter system you don't have time to do it so like my take on the quarter system is that it's actually helped me like become a better student just because um, it forces me to like be on top of things and like like finish things early because there's always something coming up and so I'm like a I'm a fan of it um, but it is really quick so uh, I understand like the other side of the of the other view of the quarter system but yeah yeah I agree with you as long as you're on top of your stuff it should be manageable it's just a little bit hard to get acclimated to and also just for the high school listeners UCLA is hard <laughs> but these classes are pretty hard like you have to be ready for that the bars yeah like it's it's not like high school bro it's it's not yeah but also like not to scare everyone out there like it is like manageable i think like high school does prepare you well um i think it's just more about like keeping good like study strategies 
um, like meeting friends and collaborating with them, like in like your classes and stuff, like really opening up. Um, are really important, like in helping you succeed. Because like, I guess one thing we didn't really plan on talking about is like imposter syndrome. That's a huge thing on campus, and I know everyone deals with it. So. Um, if you're an incoming freshman and like you're super worried about classes, like yeah, that's totally okay. But also remember, like there's a reason why, like you got in, like the admissions committee saw something in you, and so, like just remember that, like when you're in classes and stuff, because like you are like super smart and like you're super, like awesome. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's like totally important to. I don't feel too overwhelmed because UCLA is a really big school, which means there are a lot of talented people around you and that can be a bit overwhelming, but you just have to kind of keep your confidence high, keep your head straight and just kind of ultimately focus on yourself and like, you know, doing good unto yourself. And that means, you know, just um, like making sure that you don't like kind of like focus too much on other people what they're doing you know ultimately your path is your own and if you got into ucla it's pretty good chance that your path is just fine so you know just keep that in mind and uh, stay strong for sure i fully agree with both of you guys just to uh, give these give if you're at the high school audience a little bit more stuff about class planning if you take APs, don't, they're not useless. They, they do help you because uh, the more credits that you transfer with, like from APs, if you took like maybe community college classes like locally, they, it helps your like standing, which means like the more credits you have, you can go from freshman standing to sophomore standing to junior standing to senior standing. And then, then it goes backwards by enrollment. So like seniors get to enroll first, so they have the best chance at the best classes and best teachers so it does help you a lot and then also something that i didn't pay attention to early on that i really should have was like my dars if justin and angel want to explain what that is justin you got it okay yeah so honestly the dars is a pretty helpful tool i kind of use it like every time i'm like kind of like trying to track kind of my overall progress throughout like the my time at UCLA so it stands for like the degree audit system and basically it's this like program on your my UCLA page that allows you to kind of it, it's like an analysis of your like I guess the classes you've taken like the units you have your GPA and stuff so it kind of shows you all of that all in this like pretty convenient kind of like layout it tells you kind of the requirements for your specific major and even some of like the ge requirements you still have to do a lot of that stuff so it's pretty useful because for like at least for some of the ge's i like to kind of look and see what kind of classes they're offering for um, each of the, like, I guess, requirements. Because each GE, there are like three kind of like categories. So it's like foundation of the arts and humanities, foundation of society and culture, and um, 
I believe the last one is like the scientific, yeah, foundations of scientific inquiry. So if you kind of look at your DARS, it gives a list of each class that will kind of fulfill each requirement. So for class planning, that's pretty nice. And then I usually use it in like conjunction with like Brunwalk. So you can like find a class and then look it up, see which professors are good, all that good stuff. And yeah, ultimately, it's just a great way to kind of track your progress, like I mentioned. And just, yeah, it's really helpful for that. Yeah, you should really be keeping good track of your daughters, making sure the classes you're taking are useful. Right now, I'm in Public Health 10, and then I checked it like a week ago, and I realized I completely do not need it. So I'm just taking an extra four credits for it. Almost no reason, but it's a nice class, so why not? But. Oh, sorry, sorry to add on to that. Um, I know we talked about Psych 10 earlier in the AP Psych exam. I guess some things that I've heard are that like AP Psych covers the Psych 10 credit if you get a four or a five. So I've had, and they don't tell you that though, like upfront. So you're still able to enroll in Psych 10 even though you got like a four or five on your AP psych exam. So I've had like friends who like in week nine and 10, like they're about to finish the class. And they're like, oh shoot, this class is not giving me any credit because like I already took the psych exam. So that's just one little tidbit. Yeah, I think something that's like, was like a huge shift from high school to college for me especially was like in high school, people like the teachers and like your counselors like, come to you to want like to help you like succeed in high school like they they actively like pursue you out like even if you don't know what you're doing but then in college i think especially online right now it's dependent on you a lot to seek out if you're on the right track like you need to go to the counselors and like find out if you're doing everything correctly and then for me that was like a pretty difficult shift in the beginning like now i'm used to it but it's really because there's so many more people on campus so many students it's impossible for the staff to like individually help you out so it, it, it takes a lot on you to go do these for yourself so just, yeah, make sure you're on top of this yeah definitely um yeah i mean like ucla it's a huge school and there's so many students um like in your classes especially if you're pre-med and like in your lower division classes. So you take your lower division classes in your first and second year. And I mean, like for the bio series, at least I was having like, like 300 people in each lecture. So it's huge. And um, like getting to know your professors like can be difficult. And that's why I really recommend going to office hours for professors. Um, Cause that's, a, that's the best way to meet your professors and if you're going pre-med pre-health you need letters of recommendation so office hours are the best place to get those um but yeah i don't know justin you want to add anything um yeah it is pretty overwhelming but i completely agree with the idea about um whatchamacallit those office hours it's really a great way to get like at least your professor to kind of know your face and i've it's um, just like being, for them being able to kind of like know who you are as a person, just in general, like getting to, even like if you like 
go to like a few office hours like it, it just helps a lot when you're writing those letters of rex or getting those letters of rex yeah and these rather. lectures are like uh i don't know if you guys did in high school like my class are like 20 or 30 people and then mm -hmm. i come here and then my classes are some of the big ones for uh pre-med students are like 200 300 people in the same like zoom call same lecture room when we're in person so these, it's gonna be hard for these professors to know you so you have to really make an effort to get to know them and then agreed also you're gonna you're gonna have tas in your classes for uh, your discussion section it's really good to get help from them too because these are also like graduate students you know phd students who are like very well versed in the subject who can give you a lot more like personalized feedback because mm -hmm. they know you closer yeah and then before we head off uh, what classes do you guys recommend the incoming mm -hmm. high schoolers take so what classes that you guys have heard about or some things you've taken um let's see i guess so i can let's see well one of them is a ge that i took that was really just interesting i guess or i guess i could talk about too so i really like this one called japan 80 so i think that covered my visual and performance arts ge but it was a really interesting class. You basically just watch a movie every week or so, and they're all Japanese movies. But it was really interesting because a lot of the movies were super, like, just visually, like, crazy. And so you kind of had to, like, write about papers about how kind of, like, motion and action kind of plays a role in these very, like, interesting unique film so that was awesome and uh second one that i'd recommend is sociology one i think that covered the uh, social analysis ge but that class was just really awesome because it kind of like like just uh, revealed stuff about the world and like ways of thinking of the world that i uh, really appreciate it and yeah those are probably two of my like favorite classes so far that I've taken at UCLA. Yeah I took Soch 1 and um like I was kind of dreading it like coming into it because I was like sociology like I'm not really like super interested in that and it's because I didn't know enough about it that's that's a really amazing class and everyone should definitely take that because Justin's right um, your perspective on the world just kind of like shifts and so for my favorite classes my favorite science class is called something LS7C and 7C is the third um, bio class out of three um, and it's basically like physiology, physiology sorry and like mechanisms inside your body and so that kind of like influenced me to choose FISI as a major just because I think anatomy and like learning about like the body's functions is super cool. And there's a plane above me, so I apologize. Um, and then my favorite GE has been Jerusalem 10W. So it's a class over religion. It's over Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. And even if you're not religious at all, and even if you like follow um, a certain religion, it's just super cool to learn about like your religion in depth 
or learn about these other religions because um, like they're so intricate and important in our society and like how our society was built. So that's been a, that was a super cool class to take. And um, there's also a writing two class and we can get into writing two classes in another uh, podcast. What about you, Chris? What are your favorite classes? Uh, for freshmen especially, I think they have the opportunity to do Fiat Luxes, which are like a one unit pass, no pass seminar class, which means it's like going to be small. And then the faculty can do really interesting topics. Like I took like uh, how music, like understanding music across cultures, it's like a biotechnology one. There was another one I wanted to take. It was called like the probabilities of poker. So it's all like really fun and interesting classes that are very little work. Very like one of my classes, I just had to write one two page essay at the end, and that was it. So they're really low risk, low work, but it's really interesting. It gives you a lot of like perspective on topics that you wouldn't normally get into. And then I've also heard Scandinavian 50 is notoriously easy and funny, but it's also really hard to get into for that same reason. So I'm hoping to get in there. So just don't take my spot and we'll all be good. (laughs) Oh yeah, it's true. All right. Anyways, I think that wraps it up for our first podcast. If you guys want to have any other questions you want to ask us for future podcasts, you can find us at ucla.cmla on Instagram and then cmlaucla.wordpress.com. Yeah, thanks guys for listening. And um, I hope to see you guys in the next one.